0: From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, trabecular meshwork bypass devices and tube shunts at Surgical Summit 2019.
1: It's a scaffold that that stents the whole uh, canal uh, in about 120 degrees. First this...
0: I know many of the audience of Has Seen From Here also watch my live conference interviews on EWReplay.org. These brief video programs highlight the most important news from major ophthalmology meetings and number in the hundreds every year. But if you haven't watched EWReplay.org recently, you've got to check it out. iWorld Replay has really upped its game with super video production and fantastic content. ewreplay.org, we've just renovated and we'd love to have you over. I had the opportunity to interview a number of people advancing the forefront of ophthalmology during the 2019 Surgical Summit in Park City, Utah. Edited versions of these interviews are presented on the iWorld Replay website as brief videos. I'm going to present these interviews in their entirety over a number of podcasts. Today, we hear from Alan Crandall on a selection of trabecular bypass MIGS devices and from Peter Chang on a selection of tube shunts. I'm here with Alan Crandall, to whom I think we all owe... a a a debt because he's the founder for amongst other reasons because he's the founder of this really really wonderful meeting we're at surgical summit Um, Alan I'm a a big fan of uh, MIGS I really it's 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 I don't want to say it's transformed my, my practice but it's it's an an important part of my my practice now. Um, there are mix devices that necessarily I haven't used yet. We're going to be mm-hmm. talking about some of them today. Uh, you um, gave a, a, a really super talk on the iStand 2 iStand products and on the Hydrus. Now, I'm sure that most of the viewers know what the the iStand sort of version one is, but can you just spell out what those, what those other devices are
1: and how they they performed their their mix work. Sure. So uh, the 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 two devices from uh, from uh, are the original eye stent, which has been around for a number of years, as you know. And they have recently uh, added the eye stent inject. Now, what we were finding from the original eye stent uh, that one, although it did help significantly, that two eye stents were better than one and uh th- this was a lot of data that came out of Canada came out of Europe, and so many Americans had decided we would prefer to to uh, add a second stent to that to that fix. Uh, the company also had in in their pipeline they had already been uh, thinking about this, and so what they came up with is a really nice device called i-Stent inject and it's a It's a device that allows you to uh, within uh, two clock hours or three clock hours, very easily, with this with their inject system, put two I-cents ice into the trabecular meshwork. It's slightly different because instead of having the tunnel, you are just injecting this right in, into Schlams canal. So it's slightly different, uh, but the but the results are quite quite good, uh, and from a technical standpoint, and also from a the standpoint that, that it'll now be considered on on practice, not you know, not off label. To, to, to put, of put it more than one. one. Yeah. to put more than one. Is the is the uh, lumen size
0: the same? Is it, uh, what's, uh, it's 120 microns for the. The tent version one for the
1: lumen it, It's they're, they're close but little, it's actually a little bit smaller in the, in, the, in, the, in the newer one yeah and,
0: and, and it's technically easier to to, to to put in right
1: yeah it's interesting uh, if you're used to putting in an Itent there there's um, the, you, get, you you know it's easy to identify the canal it's easy to put it in the advantage of the original mm-hmm. ice tent is is if you miss. It's easy to yeah reacquire re- 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 it and put present. it back in. Yeah, uh, with the newer one, it it does t- there, like any surgical procedure. There's a learning curve, <coughs> and if you if you c- you have three clicks in each one to put the two in. So if you miss, you can pu- you can lo- reload it and put it in, but you only have three clicks. So th- it, t- it does. It's it's slightly different, uh, but it uh, from a mechanical standpoint, yes, it is easier because you're just in, in, uh, placing it in the correct spot indenting slightly, and then injecting.
0: You, you don't have to cannulate each lens. Right, that's correct. Yeah. And the hydrus, you spoke
1: about uh, that The hydrus is, I, I, I think, of, if you think about it, each st- eye stent is, covers a small uh, area, and you hope we, we, we're better at figuring out where it's probably best to put them, you know, closer to outflow channels, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. The hydrus is sort of like, it's a scaffold that, that stents the whole uh, canal in about 120 degrees so the point of that is one you're almost certain to get at least one possibly two maybe even three outflow channels and if you place it in in an area you identify it preoperatively where you think it's going to be the 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 best um, obvious outflow then you you you're likely to get a significant pressure drop Uh, there's only been one head-to-head study so far between the the two groups uh, it is not published yet but it 's been um, approved it 's just in press essentially, and it does show that at one year the hydrus is slightly better than the uh, uh, than two ice stents, but um, slightly be the, the term uh, It turns out that hydrus is actually. Uh, because it's mechanism is, or its inject system is is good it's actually fairly easy to get into the canal even really, though it's, because so long. it's so big yeah 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 and
0: huh. um, so let 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 me let me ask you a sort of two bottom line questions for uh, our our members here um, one of them is um if I'm uh, new to MIGS, how do I choose which device, um, which TM bypass, which is what we're talking about here? Yeah, correct. Um, right. Device should 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 sort of be my my my, you know, first one. Sorry. And then, secondly, if I'm already comfortable doing goniotomy or eye stent or something, is there any argument to trying a different TM bypass device? Uh,
1: well, you know, there's there's just so much work. Thank God, being done in this space now, that we really have a lot of options, and and I think what we're going to find over time is, is as we w- get better at at you know figuring out where where the outflow systems are, we're, we're going to have tracing dyes, we're going to have swept source OCTs that are going to help us, and, and it might say okay, and I stand in this position is going to be great. Uh, th- or th- this, this person's outflow, you need more, so you're going to use a hydrus. You know. We don't have that yet. So I think the, the, the trick is to, to go watch somebody that's been doing both, that is likely to do both in one way, see how good they do, watch their hand positions, uh, and then make sure that you have a rep. I, w- I would do both to start with, because I think they're, they're, there's going to be roles for both of them. Um, if, if you say, no, you got to choose one, uh, based on the data that I saw, I would probably say, well, you'll get a little bit more buck for your money if you use a hydrus. Not much, but a little bit. Well, this is great stuff, uh, super, super practical. Um,
0: Alan, I want to thank you for, for everything, but especially for the generosity of the time you've
1: shown with me today. So, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Josh. Always a pleasure. And thank you.
0: I'm here with Peter Chang. Peter gave an interesting talk. Uh, on on tube shunts, on um, trials going on now, and on uh, what is in the the pipeline for us. Now, I don't do tube shunts. Uh, I don't. Um, uh, I'm, I'm scared of blebs. Uh, so, it, it tell me, lay out this topic for us. Um, the and particularly uh, the Ahmed versus Barevel trial, and then I want to talk about what's what's in the pipeline.
2: Yeah. So, you know, there's been ongoing sort of debate about you know, Ahmed versus Barvelt or valve versus non-valve tube shunt in glaucoma surgery. So there was actually two very large uh, multi-center randomized trial prospective called ABC and AVB and they had enough uh, you know, similarities that the investigators actually combined the, the database to look at the outcome. And what they found is a lot of, it confirmed actually a lot of what we already kind of understood to be that the uh, barvel having the larger surface area was able to give a little bit lo- lower pressure, um, uh, lower uh, IOP at the end, greater pressure reduction and less dependency on medication, but as expected, had a higher risk of hypotony complication that the valved Ahmed implant was able to provide.
0: So, uh, has the has has the, the 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 finding made from these studies changed
2: the way that you practice? It really has, actually. Uh, you know, uh, having trained at baskin Palmer, I was primarily trained with Barvelt And, you know, with these uh, outcomes, I'm actually using more valved AMED implants, especially in patients where I think they're higher risk of hypotony. Um, And some of that includes very elderly patients. I think, you know, we understand that aqueous humor production naturally diminishes as people age. And I think very elderly patients are higher risk of hypotony with a tube shunt. So I'm more likely to use valved AMED shunts in those patients.
0: Now, uh, our palette of uh, tube shunts is going to to soon grow. Let me get you to talk about uh, what's in the pipeline for us.
2: Yeah, so in fact, there's uh, a new uh, non-valve implant from Ahmed that's just been approved by the FDA. So, you know, we've sort of associated with Ahmed uh, with the FP7 which is the most commonly used um, valved valve implant but now they have a non-valved implant that's been approved by the FDA uh, both in the similar size as the bar of two, 250 and 350 uh, micro, uh, square micromillimeters um, so, uh, and then there's also a really exciting newer sort of hybrid implant if you will coming out uh, from Santin which purchased the, uh, the in-focus MicroStin and um, the new name's uh, gonna be pressure flow. And it's really a hybrid in the sense that there's no big reservoir plate, and it's able to be done through a very small conjunctival incision, much like uh, what Express was being done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is actually a, a, a tube uh, that is inserted into the anterior chamber to prevent uh, scarring.
0: Yeah, interesting stuff. Where, where do you, I mean, this is not a fair question, which is, of course, why I'm going to ask it. Um, where do you think these these new devices will will, will will fit into the sort of clinical space?
2: Well, I think uh, the shunts are still going to be uh, further beyond what we're doing with the MIGs, obviously. I think MIGs still have the safety uh, value uh, that these uh, implants uh, don't have as much. Uh, but I think with the uh, pressure flow or in-focus microstent, it's a nice uh, sort of a bridge between the MIGs and the full-blown tube shunts that will uh, allow uh, you know, a, a shunt device to be uh, performed through a much smaller conjunctival incision than what we're used to with the traditional tube shunts.
0: Peter, this is this is cool stuff. I mean, it's always fun having uh, new new things to do. Uh, I want to thank you for, for making what is, for me, a, a very complicated topic very clear. And, uh, of course, for being so very generous with your time with us today. Uh, thanks for having me. Alan Crandall comes to us from the Eye Institute of Utah in Salt Lake City, Utah. Peter Chang is Associate Professor of Ophthalmology at the Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. Ask questions of Dr. Crandall, Dr. Chang, or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.